recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. You're listening to Under the Cowl. Crisis on multiple media. Masters of the Universe, the CW's version of Crisis on Infinite Earths, The Rise of Skywalker, C3PO versus Jar Jar Binks. What else do you need, except maybe some food from Dairy Queen? I'm David Gloyd, your host and co-owner of Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles, a local comic book store in West Bend, Wisconsin, and uh, the location where we record this podcast. Um, We're just going to go ahead and jump right in, talking about all that great stuff and more. You need a second copy of the Swamp Thing thing. Do I need a second copy? I wonder if you just saw Swamp Thing and assumed that you forgot to put that on your list. Or if it just, we got one in and he thought, oh, I better check with Anthony to make sure that he doesn't need that first or something else. Yeah, some of the, <clears throat> the way those Walmart books are labeled, uh, so I want to say they did like like a Halloween one shot that kicked it off, and then a couple months later they did a Swamp Thing number one, and went up to like seven or eight, and now I think they started over at one again. I haven't even read them all; I've just been getting them while they're there, while I see them and everything. But uh, read a couple of them, but and then when I saw a new number one on there, I was not really sure what's going on. So. The reprints, the reprints of number one. Reprints of reprints. Well, I didn't get bun. Did you just get some fries and some toast? Yeah, the chicken strip basket. Oh. But you get the <clears throat> get the Texas toast, but this is when I got bun that time, the buttered hamburger buns. This it, is what it's supposed to be. It looks like regular toast. Well, the thickness is in the Texas toast there, because usually uh, the bread isn't that thick on the crust. Not a hamburger bun that's buttered, so which tastes the same. Now, is your dipping sauce there for the chicken or for the fries? It's actually for all three. Would you go with like uh, ranch. ranch? It's one of those where I always say, you know, four piece chicken strip basket with ranch. You want any sauce with that? Ranch. Yeah, I usually do ketchup with the fries, but I realize I don't think we have any. But of the various condiments that we have laying around, I don't think ketchup is one of them. Like the number one condiment is not here. Yeah. Because <clears throat> we don't normally eat things that we use ketchup for here. <clears throat> normally it's like pizza or yeah, start wings, dip- something like that. Start dipping pizza in ketchup. So I'm curious now is what sauces we still have. Because we have all the way from last year when Katie brought stuff in and there was a bunch of... Might be some honey, huh? Yeah. Hello. hello, hello, hello. How's it going? Good yourself. Not bad, not bad. Good. Uh, hello. hi. 
don't know if uh, no news was good news or not. Here to check and see if they. That guy. Well, I guess no news is good news. No news is good news. Uh, I think you did get news, but. What's that? I was thinking you did get news. Oh, no, I. Hangman? Uh-uh. No. I just. No worries, no worries. I just said. Uh, Although there have been times that I've responded and it just didn't go. Yeah, right. it said, we'll let you know. Oh, so. Uh, so with this, can I get. Can I get four bags and boards if you have them? Sure. That's where school straight five, you got it. <clears throat> five? Please. You guys see the uh, wrestling and Masters mashups? The characters, they, uh, I guess they're at Walmart now. They have uh, Masters of the WWE Universe, where they're like, uh, it's Ultimate Warrior, Triple H, I think. They're Comics or figures? Or? The figures that are okay. they're like the Masters of the Universe bodies. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I have not seen those yeah. yet. Just got a book uh, waiting to be waiting for me at home to be opened up uh, from uh, Germany. There was PowerCon over there, and uh, they have their own little collection of mini comics uh, compiled into one book. And got that one. Look at that. Check out. Can't read German, but uh, yeah, you got the book. That's what the app is for. Yeah, yeah. Sit there with Google Translate. <laughs> Down yeah, I have that. I got some friends in Mexico, and when uh, when they visited, they brought me a copy of uh, the Harley Quinn Mad Love oh, yeah. in Spanish. And I'm like, well, thankfully, I already have the English version. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's pretty cool just to have the other. Yeah, why? Well, I, I guess it's a completely different storyline than what was released in the uh-huh. States. So, hmm. oh, you have a fire? What? Is that a card or no? Four seventy four is total. Okay. Uh, let's go this one here, sorry. Oh. <clears throat> I think I'm good. You guys sticking around for the holiday? Yeah. You, guys, stick, you guys sticking around for the holiday? As far as like in town? In town, or? yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I manage uh, Big the Wiggling Kewaskum, so no, it's, yeah. I'm basically, that's Stop. holiday, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, email's fine, please. All set. You guys are the best. See you next month, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have a good holiday. Take it easy. Thanks. Enjoy. Well, you probably already read the. Uh, you read number one. I haven't yet. <laughs> I'm trying to. I was. I. Uh, I think there was one day where I'm like, no, I'm going to do this, and then something happened, and no, I haven't. So, I've. I I've won't seen give anything. Wait, it's not what I. <clears throat> it. It is and isn't what I expected it. I've I've heard many things. I've seen I've seen ran, I think enough snippets to gather what it is. But I mean I I, I paged through it, and uh, what I saw was like the uh, the tappers of Gray Skull, like He Man Rabbit costume guy yeah. jumping out. I'm like, what's the deal? I mean the multiverse. But uh, yeah, no, I and haven't multiverse. Um, so you get everything, like everything. <laughs> you know, so you've got like the adult. Wondering, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Based uh, version in there, and uh, yeah, I, I expect that we'll come across even more versions as we. Yeah, well, I, I've heard good things. I, I mean, I've I've read you know read stories of people like this is like horrible. I just waste money, and other people are like, I enjoyed it, you know. So I'll, I'll see what I'll see what I have. I have I have so many stories to get through. Like I, uh, have you guys ever heard of the omnibus? 
think, I mean, it is a, a for, thick for masters. Sorry, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Um, I mean, this thing is like it's like three and a half inches thick, heavy as all get out. Probably but it like has, 1,200 pages, and yeah, probably. I think that's yeah, twelve seventy or whatever it is. A lot of those omnibuses <clears throat> in that range. Yeah, yeah and uh, I want to get through. I think I made it to like page thirty, and <laughs> yeah. I just had to put the thing down. Like okay, but. Uh, no, I mean I read to my kids every night, so I'll, maybe I'll, I'll randomly pick, you there know, you pick go. that up and, and start the story and stuff. But I don't, you know, I don't really know what's coming. So we kind of go back to the retro uh, golden books, you know, because I know there aren't going to be any right languages yeah. there. So you know, but uh, yeah, safe territory there. Yeah. So did you like it? Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Not too bad. It's, I mean, you're dealing with a multiverse, so yeah. you kind of expect to see. You know, it's kind of like um, into the Spider Verse or Masters of the Universe. Okay. You know. So is that actually a th- like I'm not I'm not like into comics. I'm into I I have like Ma- I mean Masters is kind of the only thing I, I go for. Masters, Nintendo, and just Apple. That's kind of like my hodgepodge. Um, so I'm not really into like I've I've briefly heard multiverse is like is that a thing now or like everybody's doing it or. Kind of, I'm, you know, it's it's been around for a long time in some comics, and I think they're doing a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. So, like in some of the recent comics, uh, Ghostbusters did it, where they brought in the the original movie cast, the female movie cast, uh, the animated series, and this, and they okay. did, and it was pretty awesome. But okay. uh, I could see that being kind of cool. Yeah, and like they recently did it, uh, Jughead and Archie. They just had Jugheads from. Every you know era, all yeah. in one time traveling story. So, yeah, I think more are definitely the Spider Man animated series kind of made the general public yeah. alert more yeah. or so. But but as far as comics, yeah, it's been around for quite so there, a while. So there's that, and I know that uh, it it almost sounds like there are um, like kind of more mashups coming along. Like um, so, He Man and Thundercats. There's Why not? A, I mean, it's great. They did three <laughs> volumes of Batman and the Turtles, and now they're doing Turtles and Power Rangers. Power Rangers, I heard that. My friend yeah. just geeked out about that one. Um, and I thought I saw Transformers and... I think you guys have... A, oh, Transformers, Transformers and Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters yeah, 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 yeah. Which, I don't really know where that crossover... I, I think it has to do with, uh, you know, because Cybertron was this war porn thing, whatever, so, you know, okay, of course, all it's right, full of right. ghosts. Sure, because, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> like it. going to Gettysburg, you know, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, as, yeah. you know, all right. as a uh, ghost hunter or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you have all the stuff that, I mean, I like Ghostbusters, like Transformers and all this other stuff, so you kind of want to pick it up, because is that a six, uh, six set series, too, or? Six. They're all, they're usually all six. I don't know, I might have to bite on that one. Do you guys just have the... Um, uh, I don't think we have them one here. All. <clears throat> three. And I'm not even sure how far along they yeah, that, that, are on that one now. Oh, it, it might not even be done yet. Huh. But it, it's it's pretty recent, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really shouldn't be looking, because like I said, I, I, <laughs> I'm i good on being stuck on Masters. I'm, I'm good with my monopoly on that, yeah. so. But uh, it's a safe way to approach it. So. It is. Like I said, I mean, I'll randomly go like uh, I, again. I have some miscellaneous Nintendo stuff, but uh, if I start opening up on anything else, I check this up. Check this. Up, check yeah, this up. yeah. And I have things that I'm trying to save for for 
that I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to find. Like, I'm looking for, like, kind of more rare items for, for the Master stuff, and um, I know they're not going to come cheap, so i got to yeah, start saving the cash, so. But, uh, Adds up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the what I want, I, I, they have store displays and stuff, and, like, I'm trying to track down a Filmation letterhead piece, and, I mean, that's, so, I mean not necessarily Master-specific, but, uh, and then people keep posting, you know, the animation cells, and, like, Sure, might take that one too. You know, so I have a dozen of those. And Plus, there'll be more stuff once the new series on Netflix kicks off with Kevin Smith. Yeah, well, that. and that's the thing is like before, like back in back when they came out in two thousand, that was like a refresh, which mm-hmm. was great, and it brought you know brought things into the public eye again. And then it seemed to kind of taper off, whereas like oh, Masters, what? And then now it's starting. Like now, I just found this community that's all gung ho about it. I'm like, oh crap! I'm never gonna find this stuff because that guy's gonna get it before I am, or whatever. So it's like, Jesus. yeah, it's it's kind of been uh, <clears throat> floating on there a little bit. And there's there's some groups out there. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've come across them too. I'm not big into it. I enjoy it, but I not. Yeah, I'm not not super crazy into it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the original stuff and you know, grew up on that. I enjoyed the uh, the rebooted version. Yeah. You know, I thought that was a um, a good take on it. It was different, but still had enough of their connective tissue there to the originals. Yeah. Um, to to kind of make you think, oh yeah, that's kind of like it, it was then, but there's these different takes on it. Right. Um. I enjoyed it, but of course it was on Cartoon Network, and nothing lasts long on there. Oh, is that right? Um, well, well, because they had the, the Thundercats uh, reboot thing. Was I, I have season? I, I was gifted season uh, or like two DVDs um, that I randomly forget I have. So, um, but my kids watched part of it and they liked it. You know? I thought it was <clears throat> really well done. Really, you know, it was well written and and everything. I really enjoyed that one, and it was cut short. Not. You know, for any reason other than Cartoon Network was changing up their their stuff, yeah. and you know, kind of same reason they got rid of like the Young Justice cartoon or whatever. It wasn't because they didn't have enough people watching it and stuff like that. It was they yeah. had other ideas of what they wanted to put on, yeah. and so shows like that were cut short. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm not a fan of Japan animation or like the Japan based style, um, which that's what it had. But I didn't mind it because I was familiar with the characters and uh, all this other good stuff. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, I went nuts with the line. Um, I just uh, I went, had um, Cam Clark sign one of my. He was the guy that voiced Adam in, in He Man, so he, he signed one of my uh, one of my uh, He Man figures. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I liked it. It was. Uh, it I just just again just to bring it back and you know get it in. I didn't have Cartoon Network. Uh, like I, I was main. I was working at uh, Central Grocery Store in college, so I didn't have cable. So, <laughs> but my boss, my manager did, and so he would record it, bring it to me on VHS. I would have to bring it back. He would record over it to do whatever. I'm like, oh, well, at least I got to see portions of it. I don't even know if I got to see all of it, but um, back in the early 2000s, they came for, uh, I think shortly after that line left, uh, they came up with the with the whole set of vintage New Adventures, She-Ra. Yeah, they the, did. Uh, I'm trying to think what that line was. Um, it was BCI. Yeah, and it, it was... 
they actually did the line that it went for for a number of years, but you you know basically had to buy the stuff online. And actually, I think I got these at Best Buy. Did you? Yeah. Um, yeah, because they had. Uh, yeah, I remember like freaking out because I saw one of them at Best Buy. I don't remember if I got all of them there or not, but um, <clears throat> there's a lot of those. I mean, like GI Joe went kind of the same way, where all of a sudden everything was like club exclusive things, where you had to be a member of the yeah, club yeah. and order the stuff online to get right. any new any new figures or sets or anything. No, and then they had a nice collage that went with it, so when you line the whole thing up, and it's got you know, and they planned ahead when they made the things. It was yeah. really cool. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited about uh, being able to have that on display. So, but anyway. So, yeah, we'll see where the whole Kevin Smith thing uh, brings it and whatnot. Um, when, he w when he gave his little speech at uh, our Our time, um, he I, I don't know if he was the one to mention or not, but it, it was referenced of having the, the box art feel to it. And, I mean, that's great because you have your, you have your filmation, absolutely loved it. You have your box art, absolutely loved it. So you have your, your playing, you're like, ah, he man, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden you get the, like the William George and the, you know, it's that darker side of, oh man, this is really cool. So it kind of put me in a different realm. So we'll see if that, I mean, the one image that we've seen is a darker side, I think. So yeah, promise. Oh, God. <laughs> but I can talk about this all night. I'll let you guys go. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what's in the, the next five issues yeah because uh, there are, there have been so many different versions you know for them to to touch on yeah and you get a few of them there not all of them are the obvious choices yeah um so there's other ones that i expect to, to see something from well my thing is like because the, the the little tappers of grayskull have you guys ever played tappers of grayskull it's a horrible game. I mean, like oh, that's all you do is just tap. I mean, you're you're walking through in like you have these huge creatures in back, and you tap, 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 tap. tap you can swipe or whatever, and that's all you do. I've put my phone down, walked away, came back, and I was still I, I was fighting a new villain because it keeps attacking as you're not doing anything. It's just a horrible game. Prior to that, uh, years ago, they had um, the most powerful game in the universe. Or, yeah, the most powerful game in the universe. And uh, it started out just with He-Man, and then they unlocked the She-Ra character and stuff like that. And that was actually uh, like a side-scrolling version of it, and that was great. I mean, you because you, you had you got to jump, and you got to you know fight the um, uh, the, the Skeletor robots and stuff. And I mean, it, it it was it was much better than this Tappers thing. It's just like God. So I mean, admittedly, I still have Tappers on my phone because I just have because I want the icon on my home screen, but. Uh, the game itself is just no, whole bunch of no. But I digress. So, all right, gentlemen, all have right. a good Thanksgiving. We'll hey, see you again soon. You take it easy. Tappers of Grayskull sound like you know, I don't know, the bar or something. See, that's yeah, it's pretty a much where Masters of the Universe themed uh, bar. <laughs> Burger time. No, I forget what all there. There are some sauces back there. There's uh, <laughs> ranch, honey mustard. There's a couple of those. Uh, the zesty sauce from uh, that uh, goes great with Burger King's <clears throat> onion rings, um, blue cheese, and some uh, some fire sauce from Taco Bell. All but ketchup. So, yeah, I thought I'd uh, try the uh, the zesty sauce on my cold Dairy Queen fries <laughs> and see how that 
goes, I'm going to pass it, because this uh, looks a little differently colored than it's supposed to. And uh, also, it's much not... more solid-like than <laughs> I'm used to. Uh, I'm just going to eat some plain cold Dairy Queen fries. Well, to be fair, I think the fries were mostly cold to begin with anyway, so... Uh, Oh. It should be a liquid, and it's uh, it looks like butterscotch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, darker than it should be. It's probably time to clean out some of the old condiment. Butterscotch fries, now that'd be because so most of that stuff's probably just as old as that one. Had it still been in a liquid state, I probably would have tried it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Zesty butterscotch. Let me. Uh, yeah. Oh, they just got it backwards. It was uh, cool eats. Uh, Treats were probably hot, so we didn't get those. Well, a lot of times there, like if you go and uh, if you get a blizzard and like a hot meal, you know, you'll get the blizzard first and then it'll be 10 minutes till you get the hot meal. And then you're just like sitting there with like a blizzard that just is melting in your hand. And I did that the other night and then like I was in my car and then as I got home, then it was like dripping all over the place. And now I'll hold it upside down for me. <laughs> be like, you know, wait till the, the hot food's done, then make the... The melting treats, and then we had a story about that recently. Was that in here, or I I just heard something from someone that uh, <clears throat> um, somebody had gone to a fast food place like McDonald's or something, and the lady gave him his food and dumped a drink or something out, and he goes, "I'm sorry, I used to work at Dairy Queen." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear and that story. She so. must have been having a Dairy Queen flashback and just like did the right thing with the blizzards, you know. <laughs> and just, I'm sorry, I used to work at Dairy Queen. Reflex. So, yeah. yeah no, I didn't hear that, so I don't know. I wasn't present for that story. Well, sometimes I don't know. I don't remember if I hear things here or at work. You know, the, the uh, paying job. Uh, or on the radio. So I started reading for the first time a very important piece of DC Comics history, The Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Because we're coming up on the uh, CW version of it, uh, December 8th, I think it kicks off with Supergirl. And being a member of the DC Universe app, get a lot of digital comics on there. And right before signing up for that app, I, uh, was looking at, you know, trade paperbacks. I didn't want to get, like, the Rodney-sized version of, a, you know, for something. For me, not being the, a huge the DC. $500 box? Yeah. I would spend that for the Infinity stuff, for uh, Marvel, rather. Uh, so I was just gonna, I was looking at, like, a, just a standard 15 or $20 trade paperback of the main 12 issues, and then, uh, then I saw on that DC service that they were all on there. So I'm like, all right, that's perfect. I was going to wait till uh, December 1st, you know, it's, even though it's 12 issues, I was just going to read a bunch of them up until the 8th, and uh, then they they do a show, DC Daily, their talk show, it's like a half hour talk show on the service, they did a YouTube version that was much shorter prior to it, but uh, got a lot of a lot of people there that, that co-host and everything, and they do a bunch of interviews and spotlights and re read throughs like a book club type of deal and and as i was catching up on that then i found out that they were going to spend not a whole segment but you know or a whole episode but a segment uh for the next 12 days leading up to the dc event on cw so i'm like all right well i guess i'll start now because i can read them 
then watch their you know ten minute little spotlight talking about each issue. So so I'm one issue in so far. So there's a couple of days behind when I came across it. So I've got to read it, read a couple more yet to catch up. Catch up. Mm. Just talked about that. No catch up. No catch up. But yeah, this is the uh, red issue one. Uh, do you have any uh, history or uh, fascination or special stories related to that? I assume you've read it. Yeah, I have. Um, see, Kurt, this would be a great conversation for him because he's watching all the DC stuff. And he recently reread. It's like 100 issues. Uh, yeah, like. All the tie ins. All the tie ins. Even he hunted down the stuff, even if it was like a one panel. Mentioned. There's a, there's a glimpse of the monitor in the background or whatever it was he he found it read through the whole thing and um yeah so he's definitely got a recent history it's been uh well, it's been a couple of years since i've read through it but for me it was like i started reading comics that came you know right after crisis or, or shortly after you know when they had revamped rebooted the DC Universe that time. That was 1985, I think, Crisis. Yeah, right right around there. Mid-80s. And so, even though it was, you know, it was a few years after that I actually started reading comics, I read recent back issues um, pretty early on. As I was buying new stuff, I was buying old stuff and catching up. <clears throat> so for me, going back and reading Crisis was really going back and finding the beginning of the stuff I was reading uh, DC wise at that time um, and kind of getting a little bit of a history of where it came from. And I'd read, you know, over the years I've read a lot of Silver Age stuff and things like that too. Um, see, I, I always, I enjoy going back and reading older stuff. Some people, uh, especially more modern readers who haven't read for very long, find it difficult to go back and read stuff. I know people that have been reading for years and find it difficult to go back and read older stuff, but I enjoy it. I mean, I'll go back and I'll read some really hard-to-read Golden Age stuff just to read it and kind of understand how things were written and drawn and, and colored and everything else back in that time. So for me, it's it's almost like uh, going back and, you know, like being an archaeologist and finding, finding the old... Stuff and these 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 old artifacts and studying and this belongs finding in a museum. what these ancient people were like. Um, and I've I've read comics that did seem like they belonged in museum. We've got a few here that are covered in dust <laughs> and dirt. Uh, nothing Shmutz. left of the staples but rust stains. <laughs> Not that the staples uh, ever got pulled out; they just deteriorated to the point where there was nothing left of them. Rush Stain Russ Stains is a great name Russ for a character. Russ and then like S T A I N Z or something. I'm putting that into the idea folder. Russ Stains. Even though I haven't followed every episode of all the CW stuff, I primarily it was basically Flash and then Flash and Supergirl. Flash Supergirl Legends somewhat. And then it just went back to Flash Supergirl. And then it started going into just Supergirl, and then it's Supergirl, Batwoman, just due to time. As much as I would love to watch The Flash, tried Arrow early on, it just wasn't my, my bag too much, but the uh, it's mostly due to time. But uh, that doesn't 
pulled me back from tuning in for the events and him, I think you and I have that same kind of approach to just kind of diving into something and you know, I'm what eight, seven, eight seasons behind an arrow, but it's not gonna stop me from watching. Yeah, I watched the arrow stuff in the crossovers yeah. and I don't know who everybody is, but I knew enough to yeah, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you just kind of jump in. and So that's what I'm going to be. Uh, and I think right before it kicks off, I'm going to look for some YouTuber that will probably just do some giant, you know, CW recap or something. And I can catch up on eight years in about ten minutes and be like, all right, I got enough to. But, yeah, so I am I am pretty excited just for that. And uh, I don't know if they would do it, but it would be great if they just did a DVD of just those five hours, you know, but I don't think they did DVDs of the past three to four hour ones. No, which it probably would be nice to do for people who aren't uh, granted. Yeah, see, because I don't know how many people uh, are going to try and find the crossovers and just I'm only watching The Flash, but I'll go buy the entire season whatever of Arrow just because it's got the crossover episode. Yeah, I was curious how that works with uh, with someone who's just a certain single show watcher that if they had those additional parts included or it's... Because Buffy and Angel, you would have to have separate sets. They did those back in the day while it wasn't as crazy as what they're doing now, but uh, you would still have to be like need to just put in a different DVD set to get the crossover episode. But, but that would that would be nice. I could see doing that, just taking the crossover. And no matter what set you buy, they that got those on there. But you only had to have a separate. Because a lot of people, and I would be there immediately if they like did it like a theatrical, like, let's put all five of those. You know, maybe let it all come out so everyone sees it on TV. And then, you know, a week later, people can revisit it and sit down for, and I guess the five hours would technically, you know, when you add all the commercials, it's like a four-hour thing, maybe. Well, because each, uh, each show's probably, what is it, like 43 minutes or something? Yeah, so it's probably four hours once it's all said and done. But, yeah, I just like the... Uh, the buildup of it, and the, even with not being the huge DC guy, like, I'm excited about a lot of things that I probably, like you said, like, I don't know some of these characters, so I got a feeling I'm going to watch this thing, and I'm just going to be on the edge of my seat, not necessarily knowing I'm not going to enjoy it like Kurt's going to enjoy it in the sense of he's got all those parts and characters and everything, but <coughs> just the spectacle of there's a lot of people. Mm. You know, and then you you kind of wonder, too, like, which versions you're really seeing of all these different characters that have multiple versions here. Because um, you assume that you get, you know, when you have Smallville characters on there, you're assuming that it's actually is, in fact, from the Smallville universe. What's his name? I, I cannot think of the actor's name right now. Uh, Brandon Routh? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um... Is he, in fact, picking up and playing the same Superman from Superman, Superman Returns. Returns, which was meant to be the same Superman as 
the Christopher, Christopher Reeve yeah. version. So is this does this uh, count as a, kind of a sequel to to that? Is it the same version, or is he playing um, more of a uh, Kingdom Come type version, which is kind of what the the costume is modeled after? Yeah. Um, which I gotta say, I really love the costume, the way it looks, and everything. Um, I I think it's still possible to do a more simple costume and have it look really good. So I would definitely take that one over the one that uh, the version that's used in Supergirl. Yeah, they had a, posted a new picture of Brandon Roth. I don't know if you've seen this one, but this is the the most recent one they posted, maybe a couple days ago, last week or something. But yeah, this is and a lot of people. We don't know how, like, this Brandon Routh Superman, is he going to be in it for five minutes? Is he in there for ten seconds? Is it, you know, I could see, like, the Smallville having uh, Tom Welling be there for, like, it's like a minute, maybe. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, it's over with. Right. And I was I was wondering that when I saw kind of the promotional poster type thing, because he's not in it at all. Okay. In that poster. Um, I have that here somewhere. Whereas this version is... The Supergirl version is Constantine's on there. You got Iris, and I mean, there's a lot of people who aren't on there. Oh, um, you got '90s uh, Flash in there, though. Uh, John Wesley Ship, he's yeah. on the poster. Black Lightning. You got uh, Kitty Lotz, who is White Canary. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have to put a question mark on some of these bird characters in all the different universes. Supergirl, Arrow, Batwoman, Thanos on t- uh, monitor on the top. Um, but yeah, you got Brandon Routh on there. You got your uh, Supergirl, Lex Luthor, uh, what's his face? John Cryer, Martian Manhunter. But yeah, yeah, like I said, Tom Welling's not on. Burt Ward's not on the poster either. No. <laughs> no, I'm... I- I am willing to bet that he has pretty much just a cameo. Yeah, just a Stan Lee size cameo. He probably he probably is doing nothing more than walking his dog. You know, <laughs> he didn't even know it's on there. They just uh, yeah, he's he's walking his dog, and then something's going to happen, and he's going to say like, "Holy, whatever." <laughs> yeah, he's got to say that, right? If, if he says anything at all, it's going to be "Holy," <laughs> and. Yeah. He's got to say that. I mean, that's, that's a missed and opportunity. That's, that's otherwise, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unless Disney owns that phrase now. Holy whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, even if it doesn't matter how big those parts are, there's still, you know, four plus hours of uh, stuff going on and even the slightest. Because even if uh, the Netflix heroes were in Endgame for like, 10 seconds because I was thinking like oh maybe there's a possibility that maybe they'll have a shot of just them fighting in the streets but uh, you know it's going to be one of those things where people who are really paying attention say oh my god Howard the Duck was in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like one of those uh, and then they say no that was Donald I think Burt Ward was in Endgame too he was in there <laughs> next to next to the Wasp next to Cosmo <laughs> yeah it'd be be interesting to see. I mean, it might be with all the possibilities out there of characters that they could have or whatever. I mean, it, it would end up being four to five hours of cameos. Yeah. 
And then you got uh, what's his face Knox from the Burton universe. <laughs> um, nice. And of course, you get the the animated version of sorts of Batman, oh. but but in his first the first time portraying a live action version of Bruce Wayne. The closest he got was in Kevin Smith's Yoga Hosers. There was a scene at the Canadian uh, convenience store where Kevin Conroy and a character playing his son. I don't know much about his family, so I just assume it was a casted son. But uh, they're in there. No, it was actually another Robin. Well, <laughs> that's where I was going with it. <laughs> so I forget what the line of dialogue was with the convenience store clerks, but it ended up with Kevin Conroy just like, Come on, Robin. And whatever the kid was, was named Robin in that scene. And then they walked. It was just, yeah, I was kind of geeking out because I'm like, hey, there's Kevin Conroy. And there's enough people out there, um, you know, wouldn't know who, what he looks like. You know, you could be the biggest fan of him for the animated series and video games and everything. But possibly you've never seen him before. So it is one of those things that it felt kind of cool. And then when he said Robin in there, it was just an extra. <laughs> For instance, uh, I just saw the Knives Out movie. If you've seen previews of that, Ryan Johnson, director of Last Jedi. Yeah. Murder mystery, comedy, Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans, Michael Shannon. Uh, um, what's her face? Uh, I forget her name right now. Tony Collette. Okay. And then there's like another batch, you know, a lot of good people in there. Um, Christopher Plummer's in there. A couple other big names. Anyways, movie's great, hilarious. But with Ryan Johnson having directed Star Wars and now going to one of his original movies, he cast Frank Oz in a non-cameo thing. He plays a like a will reader lawyer that comes in and does the live will reading for the family and everything of the deceased. And he walked on screen and I don't know how many times Frank Oz has been an actor beyond puppets and voices and everything. I don't know his career that much to see if he's has those opportunities at all. I have a hard time thinking of things. I know I've seen him in things. I can picture him. Yeah. Um, but uh, off the top of my head, I'm, I struggle to think of some good examples of what he's been in where he wasn't just voicing a Muppet. I had to like stop myself from applauding in the theater because like, I just, as a reflex, I did it. And then all of a sudden I kind of realized I'm in public and like nobody else like probably knows. Like, just wanted to stop the film and be like, hey guys, you know this is Frank Oz? They're like, who? Like, well, you know, Yoda, you know, Miss Piggy, and, like, just go down the line of everything. But seeing him in there and having a, you know, a couple scenes and a lot of dialogue, it was beyond just a, you know, a Stan Lee-sized cameo or something or a Burt Ward-sized cameo. But uh, going back to Kevin Conroy, that's the kind of excitement I'm going to have, just seeing him have that kind of being able to play Bruce Wayne in live action. Right. I mean, it's kind of a, a big deal. As we went through um, at the club once upon a time and talked about uh, our favorite versions of Batman. 
And there are a lot of people out there that will pick uh, Kevin Conroy as the voice of the animated Batman as being their favorite, their favorite Batman. And he's definitely played ba- Batman more than anybody. Right. Um, so after all of these years of him voicing Bruce Wayne, Batman, um, to get to actually see him play uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, as far as we're aware, he's not suiting up. He's just doing a version of uh, yeah. Bruce Wayne. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a big deal for uh, fans of all of his voice work that he's done in Batman over the year, whether it's uh, video games, the animated series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Um, movies, animated movies. Animated too. movies. Uh, he's done a, a large number of those. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big deal to to get him in there. Yeah, I mean, there, there are other people that I wish would have been cast in there. Um, as far as we know, didn't for one reason or another. Michael Rosenbaum, I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, it would have been great to have him as Lex Luthor, you know, since they're doing some Smallville stuff. Yeah. But I think it would have been great to uh, throw him in as a version of The Flash. Sure. You know, oh, yeah. Having yeah. having voiced um, Wally West in all the animated stuff, everything from uh, Superman animated uh, series to uh, the Justice League stuff. Um, so I, I thought that would have been kind of neat to do one or the other, or both, you know. Because why not? I mean, if you can have uh, Brandon Rolf doing two characters, two completely different characters, um, then why not? I think Stephen Amell, I think it's been reported that he's playing multiple arrow, like multiple, multiple Oliver Queens in the crossover for different Earth versions and everything. So I think he's uh, you know, getting his last as as he's ending the role. How's it play it out? Is there anyone... Well, there are people that are playing multiple roles because the... Uh, oh, I'm having a bad name night. Uh, Smallville's Lois Lane is a character... Erica Durance? Yep. And uh, in Supergirl now. Okay, yeah. Um, we have Linda Carter as you know. I I don't I don't recall and I because I know we talked about her potentially playing a version of Wonder Woman. I don't remember if that's yeah. supposed to be happening. But unless she's the president. Unless they're just keeping it, keeping that a secret. But unlike the other ones, we didn't hear any official like, "Hey, she's in it." But it would be nice to see if they kept that a. But that would be <clears throat> so. The, Surprise. the question is: Does anything get mentioned? Uh, so you know, at least one actor is playing two different parts. So is anything mentioned about their appearance being similar, or do they take a uh, um, sort of American Horror Story? Have you watched that at all? Yeah. Okay, so you're familiar with that. They'll have because it's an anthology series where they have the same actors playing different characters from season to season. But on top of that, and I haven't seen all the seasons, but I know that season, I want to say six, is kind of a sequel to season one and season That was the first time they had connective tissue, yeah. And um, so you had numerous 
actors, actresses in just that season playing their character from season one, their character from season three, and at least one character from this new... So, um... So what was his name? It was also Quicksilver in the next one. Uh, Evan, yep. Evan Peters. Peters. Yep. Evan Peters. Chris Evan Peters. He didn't. He didn't have like a real big ma- major part in season six, but he played a lot of little. And so uh, you you have all these these people and they're they're playing different characters. Some of the characters look similar. I mean, th- his characters that he played in that had different hairstyles and they were very different. Some of them. Some characters in it that were played by the same person seemed very similar, looked very similar. Um, they weren't really out there. So you just kind of, as an audience, have to get past that they look... you got two characters that look like twins, and yet they're not related in any way. Nobody goes, hey, you look just like this person. So, Like how Supergirl made that joke in one of the previous crossovers with Brandon Routh saying he kind of looks like my cousin or like something along those lines making a reference that he was Superman right. at one time. Right. So but they did that playful joke. So will anything <clears throat> so the question is do they take that American horror story approach or do they have I could see them having some fun with it if it's just one person <clears throat> playing multiple roles. Yeah. If they have multiple people <laughs> playing multiple roles, then I could see them doing more of a, an American Horror Story type type thing where it's, yes, it's the same person playing these two roles, but it's just ignored. Yeah, because just look at Jane Silent Bob <clears throat> Strike Back. You got Affleck and Jason Lee playing multiple characters, but <clears throat> a lot of them look the same. All of a sudden, you got a goatee here or whatever, but that is because <clears throat> when I saw Strike Back, I hadn't seen all the Kevin Smith movies. I wasn't as uber fan then like I am now with it, but uh, watching that movie and not understanding why Affleck was in, I'm just like, okay, now he's playing himself when he was this other character that they taught, but they weren't calling him. I'm like, what's going on here? And then I would later find out, be like, oh, he's playing, you know, there he is from Chasing Amy, and he's also playing himself, and he's, you know, Jason Lee had that same thing, too, where he's Brody in the beginning of the movie, and then he's his, his, uh, um, can't think of the guy's name right now, but, uh, Holden, no, that's, cut all this up. (laughs) But anyways, he's the Chasing Amy guy by the end of the movie, you know, so. But it's one of those being like, oh, okay. Yeah. They, they're they all from the New Jersey VSQ universe, but... And I think a lot of them do know each other, but they don't comment on how similar they look. <clears throat> yeah, so... So that's that's something that I've wondered, though, is how, how will they approach having one or more actors portraying different characters and, and so I'm interested to see what they do with that also interested to see um, there's a lot of differences between the Arrowverse uh, characters and the, their comic book counterparts so it'll be interesting to see in Crisis 
um, how similar or dissimilar it is to the comic book events. We assume that the Flash is going to play a much different part. It was hinted at early on, you know, first season of the Flash. Flash disappears in a crisis. And of course, uh, spoilers for the comics if you haven't read. Flash sacrifices himself in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And so while it was hinted that eventually they might do Crisis um, and that would be the end of the Flash, it now seems that that probably won't be the end of the Flash, but it's likely going to be the end of, you know, Green Arrow. Yeah, especially, like, I think the last episode of the crossover is the last Arrow episode. I was going to say something off of what you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Talking about, like, you know, yeah, you have all these moving parts and all these characters and the changes and all that stuff, but like any adaptation, especially in comic books, you know, it's they're going to do their version of it based on the players they have at hand and the stories they've built up on. And, uh, for example, like the Age of Ultron, when that was announced as the title for Avengers 2, they were very upfront right away being like, we're just using the name because Age of Ultron was relatively yeah. new. All right. They weren't, they weren't redoing that storyline. Because... In the Age of Ultron comics, heavily relied on characters that they didn't have rights to. Basically, Wolverine and Sue Storm going back in time to stop Hank Pym from creating Ultron. And all of those things weren't... They didn't even do time travel. That came yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you know, Civil War... For the most part, you know, it's not like it had every, but it had the the concept and the idea of it. But it's more so like, hey, it's a good name to use, blanket name for the title. And I remember Bendis saying when when they were talking about the Age of Ultron thing, and he goes, he's like, oh yeah, I know it's not, you know, they're not adapting my story because he wrote the Age of Ultron comics. But he goes, now that that name is in the movie, as the movie, he goes everyone's they're going to be reprinting the hell out of the trades and that's all residuals that he gets and he's like hey he's like i'm pumped up that they're they called it adrian ultron because he doesn't have to do anything because work that he's already done now just gets even more yeah he probably (laughs) had some other name suggestions for other movies after that (laughs) (laughs) yeah he probably like here we go i got uh Uh, let's let's call this one uh alias and let's call this one (laughs) Maybe uh, next time they do Superman in the movies, they'll, you know, Superman Unity Saga. Be like, yes! <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, yeah, things are going to substitute here and there. And you got 12 issues of a comic that I assume came out monthly. Um, would that have been a whole year that they would? I guess with all the tie ins, they probably would have. Yeah, I, I think it. I was trying to think if the cover said, uh, I was looking at the comic cover the other day. I think it did. I believe that was a monthly thing. Maxi series. So, yeah. Um, So, when you take, you know, a year's worth of comics in which 12 issues plus, you know, another 90 of tie-ins and mentions and this and that, compare it to, you know, 
over the course of the last eight years on multiple shows and 22 hours per season times many seasons, you're obviously not going to be getting a, a cookie cutter copy and paste. Here's the comic that you guys read, but time will tell. And it's the same thing with any comic book adaption or movie adaption or television adaption or whatever. Whatever's adapting from whatever else. Um, it's it's difficult to do because if you follow it too closely, you get criticized for that. If you're too far off, you criticize for that. Um, so really what most people look for is... Uh, some some kind of middle ground. Uh, seems like a lot of people actually look for one or the other. They want it to be completely different, or they want it to be exactly the same. Uh, you're not going to get either in most cases. So. But yeah, trying to find that balance. Like, how can we uh, be true to the source material and yet make this our our own thing? Yeah, here at the shop, uh, right before Endgame was coming out, uh, Andy was here, sitting in the spot that you were, and we were just kind of talking about Infinity War and this and that, and he had asked me, because he goes, you know, he reads Nightwing, mm-hmm. and, you know, as far as any other comics, you know, he's not that familiar with, but he watches all the movies, and I think he watches some of the shows and things like that, but he asked me, it's just like, but he doesn't spend enough time in the bathroom to read more than just one comic. That's so. true, yeah. Um, so he had asked me, like, going into Endgame, like, like if it was going to be, like, is Endgame a story that, you know, are we, do we know what's going to happen? I told him, kind of like with Kurt, got a stack of 30 to 40 years of Infinity Comics from Thanos' first appearance in Iron Man 55, I think, up until the current going through all the Infinity events of the 90s and all of anything Thanos-related in Infinity Stones. I read them all. It's, uh, you know, I actually had the... I could probably find it quick here. I had the Infinity page count right here. Based on all the trade paperbacks, it was 5,076 pages of Thanos Infinity-related comics. I told him I recently just reread all those, and I go... I have no idea what's going to happen in that game. And to me, that was exciting. Kind of like how you said, there's one person at once, you know, has to be this or that. And, you know, the Infinity War movie is nowhere near the Infinity War comic because it's essentially the end of the Infinity War movie is like sort of issue one of Infinity Gauntlet in a way. But that's like pretty much... You know, it's taking the name because right. Infinity War sounds better than Infinity Gauntlet as far as like... Yeah, Avengers Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, probably would have had a harder time selling uh, the amount of tickets that it sold with, you know... Especially in, that, War. especially in that term, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet is referring to a physical gauntlet to wear rather than you're running the gauntlet of, you know... Kind of maybe has some double meanings there, but essentially they're not going to name a movie after a glove. Like <laughs> that's so. Infinity War is essentially the way better title, even though it's you know comic wise. But once again, going back to it, going to Endgame, I had no clue, and 
uh, keep it spoiler free from Endgame, even though we can spoil. Yeah, the yeah let's not, we don't want to. <laughs> but spoil the you know game. when something happens pretty pretty early into the movie when before it jumps five years in the future, there's something that happened and it's like maybe what fifteen twenty minutes into it maybe if that might even be overshooting it might be sooner but like it happens and i'm sitting there and i'm just like we have two and a half hours of this movie left and they just essentially ended the movie in a in a way and then it like it went black and then it said five years later and then i was just like oh and then okay. we're getting another movie pretty much so, so and that was exciting for the <laughs> well it's like you got a for adventure the life- short Two movies for the length of two. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, even though I have read all that stuff and I love Thanos and blah, 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 I could not have been more excited to get something that was essentially completely brand new, something that I haven't read. And to me, that was thrilling rather than being like, well, this didn't even follow issue five of, you know, Infinity Crusade. They totally butchered that and. You know, they should have just did the, you know. So unless you're Sin City or like 95% of the Watchmen movie, I don't think, or Scott Pilgrim cramming seven or eight books into a two-hour movie, most can expect it to not be. Page one, here's the first minute of the movie. (laughs) Page two. Yeah, that was the thing with Watchmen, too. It's like, it was actually very close to the source material. Yeah. And there was a <laughs> a large outcry because of the couple of differences that were made in it. Um, I mean, it it's hard to find a closer, <laughs> like, adaption of, of anything than, than what that was. Yeah. But they changed something and... Oh my God! Some people just lost it. <laughs> now, granted, Watchmen is shorter, having been, you know, like a was it twelve issue, twelve yeah. or, originally. Um, you know, that's shorter than trying to adapt fifty years of this comic character or seventy-five years of that comic character, um, or whatever. I mean, you you just can't put decades of material into one book and also most most of these filmmakers uh, they know that they're not going to necessarily make 80 spider-man movies without having to restart somewhere reboot or whatever and there might be a story along the way that they want to tell that isn't from the first year or two of, of the book so you're going to have to jump around. You're going to have to compress some things, um, leave some things out, throw some things in that didn't exist just to kind of, uh, you know, stitch some of these other elements together. You know, there's a number of different things you're going to do. And the longer a comic has existed or characters existed or whatever, the more of, of that uh, leeway you're going to have to give to, to the film adaption. Yeah, when they make it... You, you just can't have it completely faithful and still, you know, do a, a good, successful movie that people are going to enjoy. Yeah, when they take two years to make a Spider-Man movie, 
we got like 60 years of fans to, you know, to make that movie for. It's got to be a, oh, we're going to take some things from here. We're going to lift some things from here. Ultimately put our own story into it. But here's a recognizable thing for this audience member. Here's one for this one. Here's something new that hopefully will shock them that they haven't seen before. And yeah, but it's when you like a Spider-Man comic, when you have roughly two times a month for the main Spider-Man title to tell a story for his for 60 years. But you're like, yep, well, now we only have two years to tell a two hour story. It's a different. Different way to storytell. In general, I'm not a huge fan of the X-Men movies, even though I am a huge fan of X-Men comics. But just looking at the first X-Men movie, it was pretty far off. I mean, not, you know, not totally off, but it was it was pretty well removed from um, the source material in that you know, the way that some of the characters came together in that and things that happened um, weren't at all like it happened in comic books. But if they would have stuck to the comics, um, you know, okay, they know that Wolverine's a hugely popular character, and if you're going to do an X-Men movie, you're going to have to put Wolverine in it. So right there, it's 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 wrecking your your source material. Because if they did it properly... By the book, you wouldn't see Wolverine pop up for a few movies. You know, you'd have your original five, and that would be that would be it. I've I've had a lot of conversations with Kurt. We've talked about how you could do movies. Um, I actually have an idea of how you could do it and actually still include Wolverine without necessarily going that far off. But even then, it would still be pretty far off. You couldn't tell. All, all the story of, of what happened in the first, you know, decades of the X-Men in, in one movie and be completely true to the source material. Now, what I have thought that they could potentially do is if you figure you're going to do a few X-Men movies, you know, if you're rebooting the X-Men, you're going to start at the beginning. I could see doing your first movie based primarily on... The original X-Men, the first class, but knowing that people want to see Wolverine, the way to kind of fit him in there is to have, do sort of a larger picture thing, uh, world, world, world building, universe building, um, like a lot of the early MCU movies. Well, not even the early ones, because I think they didn't really know where they were going at first, but later on, there were things that connected. You know, things were mentioned and stuff like that. If you knew that you're going to do several X-Men movies, you can start with the original five and then have sort of a unrelated subplot type thing going on in the background that somehow affects the X-Men, but not directly. And you know that it's going to go somewhere in future movies. And you include Wolverine in that subplot of the story. So... You kind of fit him in there, you introduce him, and yet he's not introduced to the X-Men, so you're still getting um, that being being closer to the source material by not 
immediately thrown Wolverine into it. You'd still have to do yet another telling of like the Dark Phoenix saga and, and things like that um, eventually, but you kind of have to understand that you're going to have to skip over a lot of their history still. You're going to have to change some things up, replace, you know, having one character replacing another character and, and things like that. Even if you tried to start out as true to the source material as you could, eventually you're going to have to make some changes to make it work. Yeah, unless you get those CW 22-hour episode counts and just do everything on television. Well, we've also discussed doing X-Men, really, if you did it as a television series. And even then, you kind of start off, okay, the first season is original class, and you can still do the same thing. You know, if you really wanted to put a character like Wolverine in it or any other characters, you could introduce them, just keep them still separated from the other characters, and eventually they all come together. Um, and that would be great, but the uh, I'm sure the budget for an X-Men television show where you had, you know, them actually using their mutant abilities and things like that, things look like they're supposed to, to look, and it would be pretty expensive. And that's why they happen in comics. Yes. As long as the artist can draw it, there's no budget. Uh, otherwise, you get the X-Men equivalent of Inhumans. And Jean Grey's got to shave her head. And everybody was very happy with that. Jean Grey's got to shave her head. Wolverine's got to shave his chest. Yeah. Beast is just rubbing <laughs> nair all over his body. So check out Inhumans, now available on Disney+. Plus. It's on there. They can only actually film storm sequences in areas that have, you know, uh, weather just natural yeah. issues. You know, oh, it's tornado season. We need a tornado. We're going to go down to Oklahoma and, you know, and shoot the scene because we know that we're going to get a tornado. Or Disney's going to be like, should we just buy Wizard of Oz and we can use that stock footage? Uh, yeah. Difficult to stay true to the source material, regardless of what you're doing. And speaking of staying true or not staying true to things, uh, we're not that far away from uh, another Star Wars movie hitting the theaters. I know your take on Last Jedi was different than my take on Last Jedi which is different than other people's take on The Last Jedi. So what what are your thoughts, you know, as, as you're anticipating this next and final chapter in that particular saga? What uh, what are your your thoughts going into going into this? <clears throat> Having seen uh, one of the trailers which uh, had C3PO, do you see that one with his line? His very emotional line about yeah. getting one last look at his friends. I think that defines it completely. Um, just to knowing that this could be the last, and Anthony Daniels has been doing some interviews. He's got a book out, I Am C-3PO, I think it's called, something like that. Um, I Am Spock, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it sounded like, especially if the saga's ending and this and that, that for someone who gets to keep showing up in Star Wars movies, you know, 
I guess because he wasn't in Solo anywhere, though. I think that's the only one that's... Because, you know, Rogue One, they were able to give him that little, you know, that uh, that base, the brain's not working for Star Wars right now. Um, the Rogue One. Four, what's the planet four? Yavin they, four? Or base four or something? Yavin four? So we um, saw C-3PO and R2 in like a a little Stanley size cameo. Yeah, I was trying to remember where we saw them. If we saw that was them like towards the end. When we saw Leia. Yeah, so that was prior to... Because um, Leia was the ending shot of the right. whole thing. But uh, it was them going prior to the big third act mission. Because I think you saw some of the rebel related stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so they gave three yeah, PO. Chopper was in there, and yeah. Because I remember going into Rogue One, just feeling like because that was the first Star Wars movie that wasn't an episodic. You know, it was a story. It's a Star Wars story, so I went into it just being like, um, you know, see three PO because he's been Anthony Daniels has been in, in them all, thinking like, well, they'll have to break that eventually, and then when he popped up in there, that was just an awesome way to do it, but. They would have really been stretching to find a, a story point to put him into solo in the sense of, yeah, you know, just really kind of. I mean, he'd have been around somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would have been difficult to to put him in there. Like that, the way they did it there, because they were already having scenes at the Yavin Four and dealing with all the stuff that connected to Episode Four. So it made sense being like, oh, we do have an opportunity that we could put them in. But yeah, coming to Solo, you'd just been like, all right, they would have been purposely trying to write a scene that would allow the times to all blah, blah, blah. But anyways, going back to that trailer line of him saying that, I've I've loved the new cast and I I like the, uh, you know, Bringing in, you know, obviously the old players and taking out the old players, uh, whether it was their choice or not. And then, you know, now you got Lando in this one, things like that. So I'm all excited about the nostalgia of seeing this person and that person. But when I'm watching Force Awakens, I think it's like 40, 45 minutes until you see any original trilogy stuff with when Han and Chewie and the Falcon. Like when you see the Falcon, well, some for, people would argue that the whole movie is original trilogy yeah, stuff. I but, disagree with that one too. But yeah, so you know when you see the Falcon and then they refer to it as uh, you know the hunk of junk and you know that old you know which is kind of what they referred to it when you first saw the Falcon. That hunk of junk. Hey, that hunk of junk and whatever fly faster than a womp rat in a swamp boat. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I forget what the line is. But anyways, uh, Force Awakens, spending 40 to 45 minutes. I watched it. I brought one of my brothers who Aaron barely goes to the theater, but like he grew up on Star Wars and everything like that. Like, oh, that'd be a cool thing to, you know, to have him see this continuation and I didn't see any disinterest in that first 45 minutes because you were still getting Star Wars stuff. But they did that all without having any of, you know, a Luke or a Han or a Leia or anything like that. And I was excited just to be in that world. And then when the original players came in, 
it just was that much greater. So, so I'm all in on the new cast. I'm super excited for the, the next installment here, but then yeah, to say goodbye to the Skywalker saga is something that I know it's going to be a, you know, we've said goodbye to it a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, I was, I really didn't like the last Jedi. Um, I was, I was disappointed in the way that they, they went with it and, and everything. And just overall, um, yeah, I just, I was not happy with it. Um, to the point where it made me not even interested in it's like yeah episode 9 comes out I'll just I'll catch it when it's on DVD or or whatever um so kind of it kind of ruined things for me um not always in the same way that other people say that it it ruined it for me and no it did not ruin my childhood my childhood is still just as good or bad as it always has been. Um, it does not ruin any Star Wars movie that had come before it. A new piece of fiction doesn't erase an old piece of fiction. Yeah. Um, but no, but I didn't like it. I didn't like what they did with um, certain characters and, and things like that. Um, I recently saw something that had been posted on Facebook... Um, that it had a picture I think it's got a picture of Luke with his green milk or whatever Um, and it starts talking about it starts describing this movie and the things that that happened with it and the Jedi you know you got this Jedi just acting crazy and like you know throwing just tossing you know weapons around and you know just all the stuff going on i wish i had the post in front of me i i would read it word for word it describes all these things that people that didn't like uh the last jedi it's like the reasons that most people say that they didn't like it and it gets to the bottom and it says and that's why the umpire strikes back was the worst star wars movie just because the stuff it's describing you think is stuff from The Last Jedi. Okay. And you realize that it actually was just describing uh, Empire Strikes Back. Although they they stretched it and it wasn't completely truthful. Yeah. Because some of the things actually happened in Return of the Jedi. Okay. And I pointed that out in the comments, too. But um, uh, Actually. Uh, I did. I was like, yeah. well, actually. You pushed up your glasses a little bit and mm-hmm. cracked your knuckles and you're like, okay, yeah. Uh, Technically speaking, but uh, but so it, so it kind of actually took from Empire and and Return of the Jedi and used the stuff, but it made sense. And well, after thinking about it, I'm like, wait a minute. Well, that's actually two movies, and and I could debate the point that they were, were making. It did make me pause and think. Oh, wait a minute. It's it's true. So they were describing how Yoda was acting. You know, he's just acting crazy. He's throwing stuff around. He's doing all this stuff. And you're thinking, they're talking about Luke. You know, how he's now just acting like this. Yeah. Just out of character, crazy, you know, 
and it kind of makes you think of similarities there. Just looking at that alone, I will say the difference is you already knew Luke, and so you had expectations of that character. Um, whereas when you meet Yoda, you're just meeting Yoda. You didn't know Yoda before. You didn't know that this little green Muppet was anything other than this crazy old swamp Muppet. Yeah, the reveal was that that he was Yoda was, uh, right. wait, you're Yoda? Uh, well, because, I mean, in this, this post thing, it even describes acting crazy and then spending a couple of days teaching somebody to be a Jedi. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, so you had that similar... Because Luke did the same thing. Okay, he's like, yeah, yeah I'm acting crazy. Now, I'm not going to teach you. Now I'm going to teach you, and I'm going to spend two days. It then describes the young, you know, Jedi, then leaving the training to go off all hot-headedly and to take care of something, uh-huh. which describes both Luke in Empire and um, and Rey yeah. in uh, Last Jedi. So it made these comparisons, and I will say, you know, it did kind of make you pause and think about it, and, you know, I I have arguments against it, but I do like the fact that it at least made made you kind of pause and think about it. Just like, you know, we talked, and I, I, I don't I don't think we talked on the podcast or not, but I do recall us talking about uh, um, Jar Jar Binks and C-3PO. Yeah. So you've got two characters that act all just goofy and, and whatever. And the way that they were taken by the audience was totally different. People just hated Jar Jar, and Jar Jar just single-handedly ruined the whole Star Wars franchise and everything else. Um, but when you think about it, it's not that different, really, than C-3PO, a beloved character that has been in almost every Star Wars movie. Almost every. So it's kind of like, why is that? Why is one character absolutely hated for being goofy and ridiculous and and everything else, but you have another character that's that's not? Yeah, I mean, there's differences in the characters, but But all you did was you created this... You know, um, Jar Jar was the prequel trilogy's C-3PO. At least that's how he started off with. Both of those characters annoyed the other characters. Not talking about the audiences, but, you know, Qui-Gon was annoyed by Jar Jar. Han Solo was annoyed by C-3PO. Right. They they served a purpose. Yeah, I mean, they they were, they they filled the the same role in the story. Yeah. One is loved and one is hated. And it's, it's difficult to point out just why that is. And a lot of it, you know, because adults, because I don't think you'll get any kid. Uh, we're leaving Ethan out of this. I don't know what he thinks about Jar Jar, but because I know you talked about how he you know, prefers the original trilogy. Yeah. But generally, because I had said when I saw a screening, a 3D screening of episode one, that, you know, all the Jar Jar stuff, all the kids were laughing and having a good time because he serves that purpose for the kid. But when we see that as adults, you know, it's just a cartoon, silly, annoying. Like, we've become Han Solo, annoyed by the character in the movie. Um, but 
the the character created for children to get laughs, but the majority of the audience are the uh, now adults who were once kids now bringing their kids, and then now suddenly Jar Jar shows up, and you know the adults are annoyed by this character, but the, I would say the majority of children probably really thought he was funny and silly right. and corny and stupid uh, in a entertaining way. Return of the Jedi, I watching it, you know, when I was younger, I, I didn't have a problem with the, the Ewoks. I enjoyed the Ewoks. A lot of people hated the Ewoks and thought that the Ewoks ruined that movie and um and everything else. You know, now they got these little teddy bears in there and blah, blah. <sighs> you could have uh changed the appearance of the Ewoks and made them look like uh, adult size you know, goblins or uh, something like that that weren't cute little teddy bears had them exact, act exactly the same yeah. um, and do everything else. And I think it would have been taken differently. But instead, they they were these short little teddy bear kind of looking creatures. And so that's how people reacted to him. It's like, oh, and oh, he's trying to make it for kids and whatever, which, surprise, he was always making it for kids. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if they would have made him look like, you know, these more kind of grotesque, like, uh, you know, orcs or something like that, but still having them act the same way, um, I, I think it would have had a completely different reaction. Maybe not to the kids, you know, but it's just interesting how some little choices can can really make a big difference in the uh, in the fan reactions. I never knew the Ewoks were a problem until maybe five years ago when I first heard. You know, a lot of people upset. I'm like, oh, I guess I never knew that. Sarah Beattie, who is uh, basically like an online like Twitter comedian, now a comic book writer. She's got a got a comic out there. She tweeted the other day, you guys all hated the Ewoks because they were too cute, but now you're all fucking ride or die with Baby Yoda. Pick a goddamn lane. You know, <laughs> I I had actually thought of that. <laughs> Why is Baby Yoda so popular when he's this cute little... He, he is. He's exactly what people have complained about in the past, and now all of a sudden um, it's... Just it's it's like the greatest thing to ever happen to Star Wars. Just wait till Baby Yoda starts talking and goes, "Oh boy," yeah. <laughs> or "Boy, oh, <laughs> Misa poop my diaper." <laughs> Duda suffer me a uh, big time. I'm trying to like reverse it, like yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> me suffer big doo doo this time. Ooh. Time this suffer doo doo. How do you, how do you say doo doo backwards? Doo doo. <laughs> oh, I just meant to get doo doo again. <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, I don't that know. reminded me of that tweet, and I knew I had to cue that up there because I thought that was hilarious. But um, and I was going to say this earlier, then we got off on different tangents. But when you said you know when we met Yoda, we didn't know him prior to just being you know what he was, whereas we knew who Luke was, but I was going to say, I'm like, well, now we get to learn what Yoda's like because baby Yoda, right? Because he's, that is a baby version 
of Yoda. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's exactly what it is. I, I just can't figure out why people jump to the Yoda conclusion. I think it's clearly a baby, baby yaddle. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, Last, Last Jedi. If, uh, if you'd have taken that same movie and Ray wouldn't have been finding Luke Skywalker, but came across some other ex-Jedi, whatever... So it wasn't Luke, but it was somebody else. You have a different actor and everything else and acted the same way. I, I don't think it would have been a problem. I don't think people would have had that problem. But it was Luke Skywalker. And everybody had um, expectations. Um, and, and that's part of the problem with, um, with, with the current trilogy um, is that people had waited so long um, and there were a lot of expectations, and they weren't going to meet everybody's expectations. But what people thought that they were getting was a new trilogy with these characters. Because we had the prequel trilogy that didn't have them in there. And yes, we're finally getting a new trilogy with uh, with these new characters. Only to find that, well, they are watching the movie. It's like, when are they going to show up? And then you don't even get Luke until he doesn't say a word. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he he might have been a might as well have been a post credit scene. So I completely understand how people were disappointed disappointed. But then because of how they do that, there's that much more anticipation for Luke Skywalker in the next movie. And so when you get to the next movie and Luke is not at all what people are expecting. You know, I, I definitely understand the frustration with, with fans there that have waited so long and, and this is what they got. But but it is interesting to think that, yeah, I mean, if if you took the same movie, changed a few lines, you know, names, not, not even lines, but changed the names and had another actor playing that character no longer being called Luke Skywalker, I, I, I think people wouldn't have had any problem with it at all. They'd have been a little old, like, what's what's up with this guy and this crazy old hermit? But it would have been a similar reaction to Yoda and Empire Strikes Back. And uh, the stuff that happened to Luke was honestly what I liked the most about it because it wasn't what I, like, kind of like the Thanos or the Infinity War, the end game, going in and not knowing what to expect. And things, you know, I could just say it with Thanos getting his head cut off in the beginning, you know. Endgame spoilers. Um, don't spoil the endgame. Uh, it's okay, though, because Thanos is a member of Hydra, so you chop off one head and two grow back. Yes, yes. Uh, so stuff, while it was surprising and I didn't expect it, that's what I liked about it because it wasn't it wasn't expected and almost, you know, it wasn't what everybody... Like I've got to expectate. I, I I got things in life that I would like to keep this way or keep that way or want to go this way, but I can't control certain things. So knowing that the way Luke, all the stuff that he went through to get that version of Luke, I appreciated that that risk as a story to, of writing that, knowing that it's definitely not going to please everybody you know it definitely pleased a lot of people i mean obviously the movie made money and continue to make money and 
and the next one's going to, and there's going to be some people that'll wait for DVD and things like that. If DVD's still around by the time it comes out, it might might be around. But even like the Snoke thing, Does, I was just thinking. You talking about that? I'm just it just dawned on me that I'm not sure which is coming out first. Um, the Rise of Skywalker or Doomsday Clock number 12. It's going to be a race to the finish. <laughs> <laughs> the Even the Snoke thing for the tease and the build-up, he's like, all right, this is this Emperor-esque type of character. Once you see The Force Awakens, you kind of get the idea of being like, okay, he's going to be the Emperor of this trilogy in mm-hmm. a sense, but we don't know who he is. I can't wait to find out more about it. And we definitely see him you know, physically, and then for him just to die as he did. I like that a lot, too, because it just did another thing of, like, we all expected that by the third movie we were going to see this, by the certain point of this we were going to see that, but all of a sudden they just act. I don't know if we're going to see any snow. Yeah, we, we might not get any explanation to, like, everybody wanted to know who's Snoke, how did he come to power, everything else. We might not even get that. I could see getting that because we know the Emperor is back. I could see getting... I, I feel like they're going to have to give some explanation as to how he's back. And that could involve an, an explanation of some sort for uh, for Snow. Basically, whenever a character, a villain, gets its head cut off, I'm shocked. Whether it be a Thanos or a Snoke. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, I didn't expect that to happen. Now I'm excited to see, you know, I like the idea that they just planted the seed being like, we're just going to expect this to lead to this expectation to lead to that. But then just to eliminate all of that and do exactly what you didn't expect. And that's what I applauded and what I really enjoyed out of getting something I didn't expect, whether or not. Yes, I would have liked a, a Luke Skywalker that uh, wasn't like, you know, was the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, a new hope Skywalker. Right. And that and that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, but um, just an experienced Jedi with a lot of power and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, you know, obviously he was very down and very, you know, kept to himself and didn't want to, you know didn't want anything to do with anybody and living with a bunch of little porgs and stuff like that and a bunch of uh, like turtle nuns or whatever those. <laughs> I'm sure they have a name, but I, I haven't heard any what they're Teenage called. Teenage but... Mutant Nun Turtles. <laughs> but out of all that stuff, I can see obviously all the bad stuff that happens and you see that little flashback with the, with, uh, you know, that with, with, with Ben and everything and, I understand bad stuff will happen and that just kind of breaks a person down and destroys them and kind of loses all hope. Obviously, he still had this big heroic moment at the end, sort of, because, you know, he wasn't there. But he was there, but he wasn't. Um, But I, I guess I didn't have any expectation other than when they announced new Star Wars... I assumed, you know, okay, we're going to see the originals back again. But I also was like, I'm going to see Star Wars and seeing the Ray and the Finns and the pose of them all, especially in using, you know, Star Wars outlines of desert, 
robot space plan, blow up planet at the end, blah, blah, blah. That's Star Wars to me, and that's why I'm excited. Actually, another another thought here. We start out on a desert planet, which a lot of people went, ah, oh, why is a desert planet? There's the speculation on where it was or where it wasn't. And, Are we um, talking episode one, four, or uh, we're, we're, seven right now? We're talking <laughs> The Force Awakens. Okay. Okay. And I, I heard a lot of, like, negative comments about this this desert planet thing. Um, and so I found it interesting that how well the Mandalorian is doing. And I hadn't heard of a single negative thing. And there might be something out there, but I haven't come across anything where people are complaining about this planet. I've heard it asked, you know, do you think that this was Tatooine? Cause there's Jawas yeah. and, and everything else. Um, and I simply don't know, but, um, but yeah, I'm not seeing all kinds of negative comments because they're having another desert planet. Um, True. So, um, so it it is really yeah. weird how there are things about the Mandalorian that should annoy these people <laughs> just as much as the movies, and yet they're perfectly okay with them. Yeah. Yeah, because there is a uh, not to go into. The comics gate, but there is a correlation of you know those people and blah 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 that don't uh that don't like the force awakens just for you know Ray is a hero that also is force sensitive and blah blah like going through all that stuff, but then they're liking the Mandalorian and kind of claiming it like like okay, we're like this is now this is star wars um because that have we even have we seen a fe- we've heard a female character have we seen any female characters in we know we getting we're getting Ming now yeah, and we and, we know uh, there's some coming yeah but, but in these first three episodes yeah other than some alien species that we maybe don't know what their gender is there there but, is there hasn't been a, a major character one that kind of has a, a some lines and a, yeah a, you know and and an <laughs> probably some sort of an important role um, that we've seen a, a, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no really major female characters um, as it stands right now. Unless the um, salacious crumb creatures, I don't know what and they maybe, were. Uh, I, even baby <laughs> Yaddle yeah, yeah. Uh, might be female. I don't know. See, Oh, yeah, that, that goes back into what I was saying. So... You know, there's a group of them that are claiming that, you know, that they love that Mandalorian, that's the Star Wars that they expected. And then people are like, they're claiming it as if the world already doesn't, like, as if not everybody else loves the Mandalorian. Because I would say it's pretty universally popular and positive for the most yeah, part. I'm not, it's, th- it's, there's a, it's not a wild There's take. a major lack of negative <laughs> feedback from the Mandalorian so far. So then somebody had said that exact thing and be like, well, wait till we find out that Baby Yoda's a girl and then they're going to just turn on this show completely. their shit. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw something in there because we have that explicit rating. Oh, yeah, you have to say it. Well, I, I read that tweet that had the F-bomb, so... Oh, okay. um, <laughs> um, I think I... But we're still, like, PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We need one more. Uh-huh. But anyways... Uh, 
I don't know what tangent we're on anymore. But. Yeah. Um, but I but I guess I was I was just going to add in there that uh, as disappointed as I was in the Last Jedi and um, looking at it like the next one, I think I would be content to wait till it's out on video. I have no uh, no high expectations of it at all. I just have a hard time seeing them coming back from you know what they did. The last Jedi, um, so I'm not real interested. And yet, as I'm seeing things from it, I'm finding that I I do I want to go see I want to see how it all ends. Well, how it all comes together and and ends that has sort of a final ending. And will it even have a final ending? Because they're calling it the end of of the Skywalker saga. Um, no, there but, is another, you know, but what is it? Are we going to be left with a, an ending where we don't feel like we really need anything else from any of these characters or is it going to lead to something where we're going, well, you know, I, I hope, uh, I hope we get to see like a, uh, uh, a pole, uh, Disney plus movie series or something like that. Are we going to yeah. need to see something from that? Um, but yeah, more uh, more cartoons in the style of uh, the holiday special, uh, featuring Luke, Han, Leia, Chewie—you know the droids. Yeah, and going right back to it, my excitement when I hear just you know John Williams score and a star in a Lucasfilm pop up, and all of that stuff just brings in emotions without seeing any characters because it just puts me in a time and a place of loving Star Wars growing up, watching it. And once again, the best way I can describe it is simply that C-3PO line of, you know, taking one last look at my friends, which I'll see again and again and again in theaters most likely. One last look and another last look. Thank you for listening to Under the Cowl. I've been your host, David Lloyd. Under the Cowl is recorded live at Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue, West Bend, Wisconsin. You can join us live each week or listen on Automatic and iTunes. Like us on Facebook at Crimson Cowl Comics or on Twitter at The Crimson Cowl.